0: Pause your word counts and enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to the Manuscript Academy. And we are so excited to have Jess Dallow, associate agent at the Brower Literary and Management Company. Jess has this greatest bio. So I'm going to start with that. And she says, having grown up with the same name as her favorite Sweet Valley High twin, Jess has always had a love for books, especially those that feature kick-ass female characters, child psychopaths, and serial killers she loves a book that can scare her that can make her cry and a book that she can't put down no matter what time it is or what reruns of svu is on she's a bfa in writing for film and television from the university of the arts and worked in entertainment for eight years before returning to her home state of new york where she worked at a literary agency for two years before joining brower literary and management jess we are so pleased you are here
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so first of all, as another Jessica, I have to say I'm totally team Elizabeth. Really? I am, because she's the nerdy one. Jessica's like off doing stuff that... That's true. I can't see myself being her. And I think that was why I liked her. Oh, because she's like your braver self? Yeah. (laughs) So how did you get started in publishing? So I worked in entertainment for eight years and I lived in LA. And then one day I kind of woke up and was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't know what I want to do. And a friend of mine, um, she had written a book and she asked if I would edit it. And I loved editing. Like I would, this is so nerdy, but I would edit everyone's fanfics from the fan, from like the fandom I was in. Nice. And so that was how she knew I edited and she sent it to me and I was like, I love this. This is what I want to do for a living. So I moved back to New York. Um, I took some informational meetings. I got an internship. I got a job and then another job. And that was how. So by entertainment, do you mean like TV? Yeah. Yeah. um, I worked with actors. So yeah, I kind of switched from actors to writers. I feel like there's a lot of overlap. Like, I'm always amazed how many people go into publishing after wanting to be a theater kid. Yeah, I feel like it's actually interesting how many people have a first career before publishing. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's, like, teaching is a lot of it. Um, Like... It's so many things. Well, not rocket science, usually. <laughs> yeah, no, if you're not a doc. Actually, yes. I am someone who was in med school. Wow. And then switched over. Yeah. So that's bold. Yeah. So sometimes you never know.
0: Yeah. I feel like so I have met tons and tons of Hollywood people here in Maine as well. There seems to be a lot of you.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think there's always, well, first of all, I fully believe that people should have more than one career, like throughout their lifetime. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And then I I just, Hollywood is kind of something like a a little kid's dream and then you try it and then you do it
0: and you're like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs)
1: Like it it was a great dream, but I don't want it anymore.
0: For a lot of people, it's like, they try it and then they're like, it never rains. I mean, it never. It never snows. It never changes. And then they just move back back east. So funny. So. Are people
1: are people nicer in publishing than they are in entertainment? Yes. Oh. Um, I worked for. I don't, and I mean that in the sense that I worked for incredible people when I was in LA. So I don't want to say like that way, but I think to network in publishing. Is so much easier because it feels like so many people in publishing just want like agents can be friends with agents. Editors can be friends with editors and yeah, essentially you have competition against the other person, but you can still be friends and root for them. Um, whereas in entertainment, I feel like that is not quite what it's like where it is more of a competition. It is more of like, I need to get ahead. And I didn't like that. And I'm not saying that's everywhere. I just felt like that's my perception of it. it. Yeah, it is actually pretty amazing how I can know so many people who work on YA, for example, right? And yet they don't panic when they're like, "Oh no, there's another YA agent." Right? Yeah. No, I. You know, I recently um, one of my favorite books from last year. I contacted the agent and went out for drinks for her with her just to be like, I loved that book. And that, you know, I think that's really nice because you never know, like, just be nice to people is basically how I feel about it and like help other people and
0: that good comes back to you. You know, I think that's the same with the writers though. I mean, like, you you hear that over and over, you know, it's people you meet along the way. It is, you know, and everyone's cheerleading for you. It's so amazing. We live in a great world, you guys. It's a great world.
1: Is it? Publishing, yes. Everything else is a little (laughs) iffy, but publishing is great.
0: Tell us about you. What do you do when you're not working?
1: Um, what do I do? Um, I guess I like to eat, so I do like to go out to restaurants. Um, I just started to cook, so I like like doing that now. I watch TV. Um, I, in the past, like, two years, I became obsessed with my roommate's cats, so I like to hang out with them. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just like to, like, be lazy with friends and drink wine. I do not live a super exciting life because... I already did that and I'm tired and I just like to be like in pajamas and drinking wine. I feel like that's a major theme of like the past year. Everyone's like, I just want to be home mm-hmm. in pajamas with my Netflix. Exactly. Like, just like, <laughs> let me watch, let me binge watch a show and I'm happy. What are some of your favorites? <sighs> Ooh. Um, so, my all time favorite shows are uh, Friends. Grey's Anatomy, SVU. Um, I do love Younger a lot. Oh, that shit makes me so uncomfortable. Why does Younger make you uncomfortable? Because um, of how it does publishing? Yeah, anything that does publishing makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> See, but that's kind of why I like it. I mean, it's all—it's completely inaccurate. Like, It just has no real relevance to publishing. But I kind of like that for those moments that they get right, it feels like being in my world. So what's a moment on Younger that you liked for its accuracy? Oh, uh, there was an episode where Sutton Foster has to go to a pitch session and it was like, and people were pitching her books and she like, would like be using hand sanitizer because she's shaking so many hands and like some of the ideas she's just staring at them like what? And I feel like <laughs> that was really accurate. Um, also just like the setup, like people come, people come up to you and sit down. And one of the people who sat down at her table was like, Oh my God, you must be so tired. Yeah. And people say that to me every time I do one of those set like empathy is. Conferences. Nice. Yeah, but like, and so I was just kind of like, oh, that, no, that's real. Yeah, this hand sanitizer detail is a good one. I definitely, I go with large amounts of hand sanitizer so I can share with people. I <laughs> actually, I've it's never. So bad for you.
0: What are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's, it's alcohol
1: suspended in gel. It's, why is that so bad? Why it's is not, it bad for you? It's not triclosan
0: because it's something about like it creates super bugs i don't know <laughs> i
1: don't know i love it but i but the last conference i did i think it was thriller fest oh i love thriller Fest. yeah they gave it in their bag they gave they yesterday. do a good job that is a good conference. but that was the first time that they'd given hand sanitizer and i was like uh, oh, did you watch younger too <laughs> i was like do you know what we want yeah that and um there was one I went to where you had to time your pitches yourself, so I brought myself, like, a novelty timer that was, like, Ooh. about a foot tall. So when it rang, people paid attention. Because I feel like I've been to ones where they give you an egg timer, and I'm just like, no, unless it. Like, you have to – I just feel like you need people to call it out. Like, be like, it's, it's okay. much easier. Yeah. It's- like, cause that way everyone has to, you hear the person. Yeah. You want to be the one who is listening and happy to see them versus the one enforcing boundaries. Cause that's two different roles. Yes.
0: Well, I, I'm actually, so you guys are like talking about something. I don't think anyone, I've never heard agents discussing how it feels to sit there in these pitch sessions. So what is it like when someone says to you, Oh, you look really tired. I mean, do you just like shrivel up in your boots? I mean like what happens?
1: No, no I'm just like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's a long day. Like, I'm honest about it because it is a long day, and it's a long day for them too. And they feel scarier. Yeah, like it's much. I would much rather be on my side of the table because it's exhausting versus terrifying. Exactly.
0: Seriously, so, are so um, nice. If that happened to me, I'd probably be like, I'd probably have my fingers like, do I have makeup right down my face? I'd be like, <laughs> oh God, I don't I'm sure I would like, I, I would go into the Elizabeth twin. I'd be like, Whoo!
1: <laughs> if it's terrible, then I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> <But> like,
0: <laughs> I think it's so grueling. You don't really think about
1: that as much as you think about like trying to be present. I was yes. at one right and right before lunch, some, there were four fantasy pitches in a row and my listening comprehension totally tanked because a I was hungry never good and b I was like wait so your character's on a beach and goes through a portal and then goes into a bathtub and they're like no and I'm like that must have been the last one sorry okay so your (laughs) character's on a beach and goes through a portal and ends up in the galaxy and they're like no and I'm just yeah (laughs) I was just like I could see that she was like who's this idiot and I know and I feel bad because by the end of This, like, especially if you're, if it's like an hour pitch session, it's fine. But there are ones that are eight hours. And by the end of it, I'm definitely like, I'm so sorry. I like, I physically just cannot, I'm not taking in anything you're saying.
0: Yeah. You just turn into Teflon after a while. Yeah. You guys, this is so positive for people to hear this because, (laughs) I mean, seriously, because sometimes you're like, oh, they hated that. And we, like, when I put on conferences, you know, we would have those nice sessions and everyone was exhausted and we'd be doing first pages. And it was a time that could get really emotional. And like knowing as a writer that it's about the right time and the right space, I think it's helpful.
1: I would say if you're going to one of those, you want to be one of the earlier spots. Cause I don't feel like roadkill yet. I agree. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just roadkill. No, It takes everything.
0: <laughs> what in does you? literary roadkill look like?
1: Um, you can't absorb anything else. Yeah. Um, you're just at a point where like you've given everyone your time, your emotional energy, your emotional labor, your, um, editing suggestions, your attention and caring and energy. And once you've tapped out of all of those at the same time, it's not pretty. Yeah. And I mean, it really, it isn't, if at the end you do like, if you are pitching someone at the end and you do think that they seem uninterested, it really is not about that. It's just like, it it does take a lot. Yeah. We're trying, but like, um, you try talking for eight straight hours, right? (laughs) (laughs) You try talking and coming up with ideas for eight straight hours.
0: (laughs) See how that goes. I mean, I had that experience when I was a teacher and like you would do those conferences. And by the end you're like, what child am I talking about? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what child I'm talking about. So it is, it's also like you guys, writers, it's just real. It's just like reality is that like you have to hit it at the right time. It just is. And I think that's just, it's just so helpful. I feel like people put so much into these pitches and mm-hmm. It should just be an experience.
1: Well, I appreciate the empathy a lot because some people very much seem to just be like, okay, you're an obstacle to what I want and I just right, need to right. run you over. And that is really kind of upsetting actually. But yeah, I really like it when people sit down and have an actual conversation with me like I'm a person versus yeah. someone um, who you know, can do something for them. Yeah. It's like you're not on Shark Tank. You don't have to memorize a pitch. Right. Well, and that's the other thing I've had people sit down who are like, do you care if I read from my paper? And I'm like, I honestly like you do. what makes you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. because if you're comfortable, then at least like you're not going to stumble over it. And I'll have a better idea of what your story is about if you're comfortable like reading it. Like in those moments, I am trying so hard to be present. Yeah. And right. it's a it's a moment that we can have together as people versus when you send your work. I mean, I'll I'll read it, and that's an experience. But like, I can read your work anytime. I can't sit down with you as a person just anytime.
0: Aww. that's so nice, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love how everyone's
1: like, "What your people? You care?" <laughs> I know. I'm like, yes. <laughs> we actually care a lot. Um yeah. we're just tired Yes, yeah. a
0: lot. <laughs> tired. The whole world is tired the right whole now. World is so tired.
1: Tired. I, I suspect the average agent drinks like three enormous coffees a day. Yeah. 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 So, my friend got up to ten coffees a day and oh then she quit cold turkey and she threw up. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a <the> story.
0: <laughs> so Jess. Yeah. Um, what would you do in an alternative universe with no publishing?
1: Oh, that's hard because I majored in screenwriting. So I feel like if I wasn't, like, I feel like in another world, I would probably just write. But actually, I do have an answer for this. I would be a criminal profiler. Whoa,
0: cool. Uh, Yeah.
1: That was, like, I, like, that was one of my dreams in, like, college. And it was never something I was going for. Like, I went to an art school. I was clearly never going to work for the FBI, but yes, I would love to be a criminal yeah. profiler.
0: Yeah, so you must. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm reverting back to your fourth grade self. <laughs> you must have been such a cool kid. No, like- I don't really
1: know where this came from. I think I just watched a lot of TV and was like, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> but like, how cool that you can save lives by getting inside the killer's head. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I just, and
1: I think it's really interesting that, you know, killers have. For the most part, they do all all boil down to a psychological event in their past that has brought them to who um, they are now. <laughs> it's the I dog.
0: Love Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> Lulu's in every episode. <laughs> I love it. There we have it. Everyone gets a lucky charm. Lulu's I love it. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, and I, I just think it's really fascinating, the, which is why um, I want a serial killer novel and why I like child psychopaths, because I think the psychological aspect behind it is really fascinating. So you think it's usually an event in somebody's life that makes them distrust other people? Um, Usually, yeah, a lot of times it's something um, in childhood that has made them this person or the way that they were raised or a certain event that triggered an emotion that reminds of them of childhood that brought them to a spree. So what kind of emotion, I mean, sorry, I'm extremely curious. Yeah, no, I mean, Um, I'm not an expert. Do you mean like they were rejected or they were taught the world wasn't safe or that other people didn't matter? um, I think it's more, it's more rejection, abuse, um, how they were treated by people who raised them. So sort of a hurt people hurt people? Yes. Hmm.
0: So, so pretty much the fact you didn't get to rep Sharper Objects is like one of your, your life.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I just like, actually the, the, the novel I wish I had, um, represented and it's exactly what I want. Um, and this is the agent who I took, who I went out for mm-hmm. drinks with um, oh. was baby teeth. Oh, oh. Um, because it was, it was about a child psychopath and it was just, and it didn't so much get into the psychology of why she was she, the way she was, because she was born that way. Like nothing, she grew up in a lo- like in a great home, but she hated her mother and loved her daddy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I use daddy because that's what she called him. Um, and I think that was just, it was just done so well. And it was probably the first book that ever like terrified me. So what makes it a thriller? Um, I think it depends what kind of thriller you're going for. um, I like to be surprised, and I think now that there are so many of them out there, it's harder to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I you know I think I like the psychology of it. I like knowing why people do what they do, and I'm a very empathetic person, and that also is why, like, I kind of like can get into the mind of why people either do what they do or how they're feeling about something or see every side to it. And, um, yeah, so I just want something that surprises me, but that can really go deep into, um, a character development. So something that answers the question of why.
0: Yes. Um, So, you basically want Sweet Valley High meets Thriller meets (laughs) SPU. Yeah,
1: I know. I have a lot of like weird. Awesome. I know. And I love rom coms. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, what I usually say is that I like a large emotional and aesthetic range. Yes. So if people are yeah. just scary for the sake of being scary, then that I don't like it for me. Right. I like it when there are beautiful sentences describing scary things. Yes. And when it's actually a beautiful setting and scary things are happening there. Yes. Um, I it, love a good setting. Yeah. yeah. And when the character is when the sometimes happy that helps a lot too. Like, I don't want yeah. it to just be like, things are bad. Let's kill
0: people. The right.
1: Right. Um, yeah. And I just like, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I know it when it hits me. And I, I feel like that's terrible for writers to hear because like you want more concrete proof of what like people are looking for. But for me, it's like, I know when I read it, but wouldn't it be depressing if it could be like a formula that's depressing to me. If, if what works is something that everyone can replicate, which is exactly why, like, I don't know how to say what I'm looking for in a thriller because I want something I haven't seen. Well, kind of like there's no formula for voice. Exactly. And if there was, I'd actually have a lot less faith in people.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> Julie, what do you think? You know, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like how just there's so many amazing raw ideas. And you know, as as a teacher, I see this all the time. Um, but I agree with everything you guys are saying that it's it's such a special magic, you know, of the right character and the right setting, and then the right the right thrust of that story as it goes forward. And it almost is like you're moving into magic when, when when you read a really good thriller. And I I feel like what a thriller does is more than, you know, contemporary fiction or anything else is it suspends you in time because it plays on that tension line so effectively when it's done perfectly that it grows into an obsession for me. Yeah. That's what you're talking about that. Like, how do you, how do you as an agent, find that and then make sure it's perfect. And then when it goes through to the reader, it's, it's, you do transcend some sort of weird time and space with it. I'm not sure how to say that because I can read contemporary fiction or mystery or, or, you know, certainly romance where you're like, Oh, that's really, I'm really enjoying what I'm reading, but I feel like a thriller, what you're talking about. It, it, it pulls it, 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 it like the books in the room and yes. the book is like, hello, I'm here. Like you know, I kind of want to live it. it. And that's right. terrible
1: can't to resist say it because I don't wanna like obviously I don't wanna actually live that scenario. But if I'm reading a thriller um, or domestic suspense or right. you know, anything along those lines, I want to feel like I am in the story and like I can't put it down. Right. I think like, you know, (laughs) I would love to have a museum experience where I could break in and crawl through a vent, like suspend from the ceiling, go around the lasers, steal a diamond, you know, return it the next day. Um, You know, the sort of things we never actually get to do, but it's kind of like a a fantasy version of yourself. Um, And it's like, if I was in this extreme situation, could I save everybody? Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, and I do think that our brains, because of streaming television, um, that, that we, we are just trained to want that tension. We're just trained for it. We can't resist it.
1: Do you have, any, like do you have any tips for building tension?
0: You know, what I tell students is, um, it's like I make them rub their hands together and then I make them try to feel the heat of their work. And like, if you can kind of start looking at where your work has the greatest heat and, and then you start pairing back and you play with that heat. And I don't, I don't know what that is, but like, oh, right here, here's the point where it feels intense. Right. Can you slow down that intensity? Mm -hmm. Can you push, can you push into that intensity? Can you like kick that intensity across the room? (laughs) But. It, 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 but it is—it is kind of a simple thing, like boring. And I—and when I teach, I'm like, boring, boring. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> and Nothing you said, are I know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 they really—they really, they really they, like my students. I think trust me because they trust yeah. me. I'm like, I can be very harsh with them. Like nothing's happening. Oh, <gasps> here it is. It's right here. You know, and and once you find it, you're like, oh. And then once you force them to go back and play with that, I find that writers can push that. But I mean, obviously, I haven't written a thriller and I would love to, um, you know, so the teacher can teach but, you know, hasn't done it. So, so take it for what it is, people. It so. also
1: really pleases me that looking across to at Thriller Fest... You would expect everyone to look a little bit scary and they don't. No. And I love the people I meet at Thriller Fest because so many of them are former cops, former FBI agents. Like, I've met female, like, F- FBI agents, female police captains, like, who worked in homicide. And I'm like, this, you are all fascinating. Like, you could yeah. just write me your, you know, you could just write me
0: nonfiction. <laughs> one of our other questions, what is your superpower? Oh,
1: um, and what do you, if you could have a superpower, what superpower would it be? Oh my God. It's so cheesy, but to heal people. Ooh, I like that. I love that. You're the first person to say that. Most people are like flight. Yeah. I mean, that would be really cool too, but there are airplanes, so I could fly places. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that would be my, that would be my superpower. Okay. So what do you wish writers knew about things on our side of the desk? That we get rejected too. And I think that it is so uh, like, I under I will get, you know, responses to if I reject a query, usually it's if I reject a query and not a manuscript, but that I've gotten some really mean responses yeah. and you know, it's, Publishing is subjective. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean someone else won't. And I know it sucks to get rejected because we get rejected too. We have to send our clients manuscripts to publishers. And if they don't like it, they reject us and it sucks. And like, sometimes publishers, you know, editors will love something. And then their, you know, their editorial board will will say no. So we all get rejected, and it sucks. But y- you just you got to keep going. If this is what you want to do, you have to take the rejection and just keep trying for it. Just don't respond mean things to us. Like tell your friends, um, you are more than welcome to bitch at your friends that like we didn't, you know, sign your manuscript or we rejected your query. But don't do it to us, because this is—it's hard enough for us to reject you. We don't need the backlash. I'm starting to think that in our general life
0: situations, we all need a support group.
1: I both, well, I agree with that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's—it's it's interesting. I feel like my my neighbor does it really well, and so she's a writer, and she has a punching bag in her basement. Oh, that's so smart. So, Let's like, think about like you could write something nasty or you could get a bat in your basement and you could beat (laughs) your punchy bag. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we know that the feeling does bite, but like, being cordial and polite in the industry <laughs> and, and 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 being someone that people were like, oh, she's really nice. Right. It's just it's just like an all-around good karmic thing to do in this writing world. And if you have to be just a total, you know, I'll say witch in the basement with <laughs> your bat and your punch <laughs> bag and your profanities, I feel like you should do that and then go and be like, oh, thank you. And you know, and, and honestly, I'm not a big responder of a rejection. Um, because I feel like you guys have so much emails coming at you all the time. Um, that, that I, I feel like I don't need a secondary, like, Oh, come on. Maybe I'm really nice. You know, like, I feel like we should just like leave that relationship at that rejection point. How do you feel about that?
1: I know a lot of agents are like, don't respond. And I think that is a very personal thing. I don't mind if someone responds and says, thank you for taking a look. Um, because, you know, I think a lot of the time they need to do that. They need to say thank you for, you know, they, they sent it out and it was so hard for them, I'm sure, to do that. And, I, you know, I or someone else looked at it. And even though I reject it, I still looked at it. And if they need to say thank you or want to say thank you, that's completely fine. But if you're just going to email me back to be a jerk, don't do it. Tell us something that isn't nearly as scary or hopeless as writer's spirit is. Getting an agent. You know, I think if you, if you have your story and you can write, you know, a good pitch letter and you know how to pitch your, your writing. Um, I, I think it's easier than people think. Um, when I worked in entertainment, I worked at a talent agency. And to get an agent, you basically needed to know someone to even get a meeting. Nice. Yeah, and in publishing, and I think this is just because of my history that maybe I feel this way, but, like, with publishing, you send a query and people look at it. Yeah, it's of course. Right. So I it's so much easier on our side, like, on the publishing side than I found it to be because it was nearly impossible to get an agent as an actor. Wow. Mm. I didn't realize it was so connected that way because it's not like people – um I mean, I feel like referrals are about the same quality as slush. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Whereas you basically need a referral. That's so strange. Yeah. So, again, I don't know if that's... Wait, wait, wait. So does that mean people in LA have to go out all the time, like, rather than, like, I'm going to get a boyfriend. It's like, I'm going to find a friend who's going to introduce me to somebody. She looks like an actor. I'll go be a friend. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, my gosh. That's terrifying. I mean, probably also the boyfriend thing. But like, cause he might be a producer or something, right? Like finds a boyfriend who knows people. Oh my goodness. Um, that's yeah. So much pressure. And I, it, yeah, it is. And I, it was a very hard, it was a very hard world. Um, and I, you know, not to say publishing's easy, but I think if you, you have the right critique partners, you have, um, you go to conferences, you, Follow even follow agents online and see what they're looking for. Um, or you listen to this podcast. Or you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Okay,
0: that was my line, Jessica. Okay, I was to say it. To say it. Um, I think that
1: people are going to read it. You know, when I get queries that I was like, that it, that's like, I'm sure no one will read this. <gasps> we read them. Oh. Um, and again, just because we say no doesn't mean everyone's going to say no. Um, I am very particular in what I like and, you know, just because I don't want it doesn't mean, you know, someone else won't. Well, yeah. I mean, when I go to the bookstore, I'm not going to like a hundred percent of the published titles there, right? but someone else sure did. Exactly. And that it's the same thing in fashion. It's the same thing with like TV or movies. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to love what you love. So just, you know, I know this went off a little on a tangent of like, but don't be afraid to just try. You never know. So, yeah. And it is a real person Yeah, really reading your query. Yes. Yeah. I read all my queries. I am a real person. I have never heard anyone say, eh, I read like a third of them. I delete the rest. Yeah. No, I've <laughs> No one never, has ever said that. No, I like reading them in bed, like, because I read them on my phone. And then I like write down a list and then the next work day I'll respond to them but yeah I love reading them before bed so we read them and just try and does know. that stress you out before you sleep so do you dream about them no mm. I feel like that stressed me out and I never go to bed no I then turn on friends and go to sleep <laughs> it's fun If you had Google level funding and the ability and encouragement to spend 20% of your time making something, what would you make?
0: A book, (laughs) not a book, (laughs) anything else. Um,
1: no, a book for like my book. Um, no, uh, I would probably do, can it relate to publishing? Sure. Okay. Um, so I mentioned before, like I was in fandom, I've been in different fandoms, but I've been in phantoms since I was 12 years old. Mm. And I've met so many people through fanfic. Um, and so I would create a retreat on, like, a beach because I need ocean. Um, but, like, a secluded island... Where I would get together people who like wrote, who beta, who did anything with fan fiction from a fandom and just get together and like create a little retreat. Oh, that's nice. Because like I feel like there are there are like the known fandoms like Harry Potter and you know, things like that, or you know, Comic-Con kind of things. But the things that were my fandoms were not those kind of shows. Um, I never had it for a book. I was always TV because that was like my first life. Um, And that's what I would want. So I would create like a lovely like week retreat that was just, you know, cocktails and like beach and ocean and writing and reading Um, which I guess is just a vacation, but like with everyone who was part of this world. What is your number one tip for writers? Okay. So I have a few, but they kind of all go together. We want them all. Okay. Um, Read everything in the genre that you are writing in. Um, The genre and the age group, obviously. Um, if you are writing an adult thriller, read as many thrillers as you can. If you're writing YA contemporary, read as many YA contemporaries as you can. Um, also, I think one of the things, like one of my, a, a piece of advice I always give is, especially if you're writing, you know, let's say you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, even 20s, and you're writing YA, go either watch shows that have teenagers or go listen to, you know, be a creeper and listen to conversations when you're out, um, and how people talk, because I think dialogue is such a hard thing to nail that you really, especially if you're not the age that you're writing, you really wanna make sure you have the voice because the way I spoke as a teenager is not how teenagers speak now. Um, So really just like do your research and pay attention and um, keep writing, Like, like I said earlier, even if you get a rejection and it's hard and an idea is not working and people aren't saying yes to it, write something else because you got to keep doing it if you want it. Diversify your portfolio. Yes. Yes. Because an agent might not love your first story, but they might love your second. A lot of times your first story will not sell. But it's not a waste of time. It's how you get no, to No, it's how time. you learn. It's mm-hmm. not a waste of time at all. It's how you learn, it's how it's how you learn to write, it's how you learn to edit, it's how you learn to put something aside and know you can do something else. You're it's like a first draft. It's never a waste of time. So So where can we find you online? Um, you can find me on twitter at jldallo or you can find me um, and our submission guidelines at browerliterary.com and go to our submissions tab
0: Ooh, thank you so much for joining of us of course thanks for thank having you. me yay cheers cheers we are so glad that you joined us and as always we appreciate your feedback just head on over to the itunes store and let's know what you think It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page
1: for our First Pages podcast, you can send it to academy at
0: manuscriptwishlist.com with First Pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.